Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. Okay, so you all head off toward the police station. Uh, I'm going to say I'd like Benjamin, Lavinia, and Coraline to just roll me a law roll to see which of you is the most familiar with the inner workings of the police station. As two of you may have worked the beat, and one of you may have worked the underground. Well, I only have five points nice. in, in nice. law. We are so clueless yeah. as to what is possible. <laughs> you are. That Benjamin almost, knows. You can totally... I'm super charming. I can totally climb in the window if it's unlocked. It's not illegal if it's unlocked. Now, I, go ahead. I have a quick question. Yep. Um, Cecil may or may not have some history, not necessarily on the, uh, with a positive relationship with law enforcement, but would that um, give him the opportunity to roll some sort of knowledge? I would, I would let you roll if you have law or... Um, yeah, I would let you roll if you have if you want to roll for law to see how familiar you are with some of these just, people. Just in case. Is this a is this a push the roll? This is uh Oh, uh, I was oh, so close. Oh, no. Use one luck point and you make it. Oh yeah. I am I'm gonna use one luck point. So, Cecil, what, what kind of run in have you had that has brought you in with uh the police department in your past? Let's 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 hear this little tale. Um well being a uh being a broke actor, it's mostly for, it's, it's nothing serious. It's mostly for loitering, mostly for loitering and uh, trespassing on um, various abandoned properties for the purposes of, uh, like, when he, when he was in college, uh, there were a lot of secret meetups for uh, various uh, uh, clandestine uh, performances for the, the theater underground, as it were. And if you were a part of those, your uh, your your credit sort of soared within the department. But uh, he had he had to learn to get much sneakier than he was initially. <laughs> well, and, and I think that maybe he also made a, an acquaintance in his passing through the, uh, the precinct for various things. Uh, and somebody who may have been just somewhat of a, a fan of your participation in the arts um you have a you've made a kind of good inroads with one of the clerks in the court offices this uh this clerk is called kim de brun and uh she's a big fan of you and your your cohorts in the arts and things like that so as you've had your run-ins kim has been known to sort of help you kind of get by on the sly you know getting in and out of the trouble that you get into and you know that Kim's a good person to go to for information because she kind of keeps her ear to everything going on around the, the courthouse and the police station. All right. Uh, well, folks, uh, if we're judging by the time, I believe my uh, my friend Kim may be in the office. Well, this is a good place to have friends. So it's been a while since I've been down in Boston. Then I guess you take the lead. Does it take my head off? And... You mean friends? Or friends. We keep it strictly professional, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you, but okay. So he just like hustles on in. And, a, and, hustles in. and as Cecil says this about, uh, you know, keeping it strictly professional, rather than taking the main entrance, Cecil just casually takes the side door into 
the lower level of the police station, just sort of strolling by as if he owns the place, smiling, walking down a few, you know, past a few doors, giving a couple nods to various people, and then just a quick dart to the right into one of the side offices, where a very familiar figure is sitting with an emery board, fixing her nails. She looks up and she says, Cecil, oh no, what trouble have you gotten yourself into today? Professional, huh? <laughs> just looks at her. Who's your friends? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, if you'll see right here, we have uh, Coraline Merriweather. Hello. We also have Lavinia Queen. You two look familiar. Tonight. I've seen you around somewheres before. Well, uh, you know, I, you might have seen some of my work in the papers. So even Lavinia's as well. We do quite a bit of research in this area. Oh, yep, yep. I that 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 rings a bell. Yep, the papers. Very nice. Very nice. And then behind me, this gentleman over here is Benjamin Walker, P.I. Ma'am. I'm sure you've had some uh, interactions with him. Haven't I seen you crawling out one of the windows in the records room once or twice? Maybe, maybe not. Hmm. Turn around. Let me see your keister. <laughs> Turns around in his full trench coat. Hmm. I don't know. We'll say maybe. So, Cecil, what can I do for you today? What brings you in? Do you, are you in trouble? Or is this just a social call? Uh, this is uh, both business and pleasure, Kim. It's always a pleasure seeing you. Well, I mean, you know I feel the same way. <laughs> but uh, we've we've come across some interesting information regarding, uh, what was it? The Chapel of Contemplation. Are you familiar with them? Have um, you heard about them in the distant past? Um, you know, I can't say that I've, I've heard about that, but... Um... I, no, not off the top of my head. But can I help you with it, though? I mean, you looking for something? Maybe I can get you in here. Yeah, we've um, looking for a particular criminal, like uh, police report in regards to uh, a Reverend Michael Thomas. Okay, okay. Chapel and uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Chapel of Contemplation. All right, let me take a look here real quick. Um, da -da 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 -da. she gets up. She kind of strolls back among the stacks she starts sort of looking through about how long ago my what do you, do you have like a time frame on looking in here somewhere um, around the time of 1866 Ooh, that's a long time ago yeah let me take a look let me take a look do, 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 although i believe it was closed uh let's see uh, 1912 so only 10 years ago for that one. Oh, okay yeah that kind of that kind of uh brings it down a little bit okay okay hmm. 1866 Shh. maybe good for uh maybe their inception or I'm just okay. thinking, maybe if they have any records left of the church, they might have something about Corbett's. Ah, uh, oh, you make a good point. The final will and testament, or perhaps some of the tragedies. So, you see her thing going through one, nope, not that, not there, not there. She takes maybe about five or six minutes checking, and then she gets to a file, she goes, ah, I think I might have hit paid her here. Um, she pulls out this file, she kind of walks over, she puts it out, on the table and she says um i think this may be what you're looking for uh this one uh it's chapel of contemplation uh something about a police raid sound sound like something you might be looking for that it uh, does it uh certainly does kim i would love to take a look at that she spins it around for you just be my guest she goes you know i need a coffee i'll be back and she sort of gets up takes her emery board and kind of goes toward the door now don't make a mess of course, Kim. Closes the door on her way out. You hear her just footsteps retreating up the hallway. 
and you have this this file folder sort of sitting in front of you. Definitely Miss- trustful of you, eh? I do like your friends. We could totally just walk out with this. Or we can just read it and I open it up and start looking through it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather not burn down any bridges with the police. Precisely. So, oh, you know, Mr. Thomas's friend. I wouldn't want to get poor Kim in trouble. Not poor Kim. Look at this here. What do you think of this? And I start like handing them pages. All right. So as you start to flip through this, you see uh, the top portion of the file contains sworn affidavits. Uh, these are from local members of the community. They talk about the church being responsible for the disappearances of neighborhood children. Then you find beyond the affidavits court filings for the police to authorize a raid on the church property with the affidavits as their proof that they need to, that they have a reason to enter the property and investigate. Um, Beyond that, there's a report of the raid itself. It appears that during the raid, three policemen and 17 cult members were killed either by gunplay or fire, which broke out during the shootout. Uh, Apparently, as you flip through, you find autopsy reports for all of the dead individuals. Dr. Cecil Thomas, can you roll me a medicine roll, please? Sure, can Oh no. What? Oh, no. Are you like most people? You got one? I am like most people. I'm a doctor, but not in medicine. Really? Oh no. Oh. <laughs> wow, you are definitely not a doctor of medicine. So, so I will You're ask like, this. That looks <laughs> like a dead person. <laughs> so does anyone else have, have the interest? Um, and I would say that perhaps you each would have a reason to have seen an autopsy report at some point. Would you like to roll a medicine check? Benjamin will wing it, but there's literally a 1% chance of anything happening. I love this so much. I feel like that's all of us. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So I could just use my success. Oh. Please use your success. Use your your eight luck. Rain, you could spend luck. luck. Well, I'm going to roll before you do anything. Yeah, that's good thing. We got one more roll to go. Okay, yeah, you roll. Um, That I drop my phone and succeed. No. No. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, Reen, uh, deduct eight from your luck. And okay. so, as everyone's sort of going through this, you you sort of, Coraline, flip back one of the autopsy reports and you flip back another one. And you've seen a few autopsy reports in your day. Mm-hmm. These so are, are interesting to you because they're very uninformative. Most autopsy reports for something like this are very, very specific, Um, you know, wounds and cause of death and time of death. And these are just very much, it looks to you like someone kind of just got them done and sort of- It's like they just told us they died. They didn't tell us how, where, in what manner, nothing. To you, it almost seems like whoever wrote these out didn't even bother with any examinations at all on any of these victims. And there were 20 victims. Who was this coroner? Who was this coroner? I look to see what the signature sign off is. You look at this and the signature is completely illegible. Like they basically did like an X and a line on all of them. Sounds like a doctor. No offense. 
Dr. Thomas, can you understand this scribbity scrabble? Ooh, uh, ooh, can I use my language skill? Sure. Oh, yeah. All right. He peeks I over your shoulder. Nah. I'm not going to spend it on that. <laughs> uh, you look at it and you go, they didn't, what you, what you take out of this, Benjamin, is that it looks like they didn't even bother to attempt a signature. You, there would be no discerning from this. They didn't sign these. Hmm. So like Benjamin for most of his documents, got it. Mm -hmm. So it's as like a forgery, uh, certainly some form of cover up. It's like, yeah, we had a body, but who knows what it was. And or as, who? Coraline is looking at this, Lavinia and Benjamin, you continue to look at some of the other papers in here and you find 54 records of arrest for members of the church. Going through them, you see that it looks like all but maybe eight of those arrested were able to get released without any further criminal action coming against them. Hmm. So they were just mysterious, not mysterious and auspicious. <laughs> mm. um, I'm going to have both of you roll me a law roll. So Lavinia and Benjamin. Woffs. Okay. I get to slam my hand again Ooh. on the desk. Objection. Um, Benjamin, looking at this, uh, these arrest records, it's, it's rather shocking to you based on the charges and the gunfight and everything that happened that only eight people actually were pushed through the court system. It, it seems almost like to you, there was somebody maybe pulling strings to lessen the fallout for these people. It's like somebody maybe in a higher office, like there's no evidence of who, but just from your experience, you've seen this sort of thing, corruption within the political machine. And this definitely rings of that. Just every day in Boston. Hmm. Can you repeat what you said? All but eight of them. So there were 54 members of the church right. arrested. All but eight were released. So 37 members got out and eight of them actually moved forward through the criminal justice system. And do we have like specific names that we can look into these people further? There are um, names. The one that most stands out, though, is Pastor Michael Thomas. There is a an arrest record for him. And it appears that he was actually sentenced to prison. Uh, it looks like he got 40 years in prison on five counts of second degree murder. Attached to his file is another page. And on that page, it says that he escaped from prison in 1917. And is still at large. He's in that house. Found him. So he escaped five years ago. And is still at large. Are there any photos assist, like attached to his file? You don't find any photos of him. Hmm. Well, I'm certainly hoping that I am not related to this fella. <laughs> it would be funny if you found the one photo and it was like Cecil. It's like, uh, <laughs> right. I can explain. <laughs> like Cecil doing the exact same smile, but yeah, like a butcher's cleaver and blood all over you. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, there's, there's a pencil mustache. That's the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Up with the era. Total, total, total butcher. Total butcher. It's only second degree murder. 
You know what? That's what I'm second sitting here thinking. I'm like five counts of second degree murder. Okay. No. So like, is, is that negligent homicide or is that or like um, that, manslaughter? That, that can be that, but it can also be like um, your party to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not the actual... like you're not the one that did it, but you were there and didn't stop it or or your or your actions contributed to the murder itself. Right. You mm-hmm. but so. maybe you didn't actually pull the trigger. But you are complicit in the crime. All right. Does it, I was gonna say, does it the getting the legal BS? Would <laughs> second degree murder also be like you trip somebody in the fall down the stairs and they die? No, that's more like um, it kind of is a fine line between third. manslaughter. If you trip them and you didn't mean to kill them, it's manslaughter. If you planned to trip them and they fell down the stairs and they died, that's it, homicide. It can go. Yeah. It can be even first degree. Like if they can prove that you plotted it out, it's first degree. If Otherwise, it, crime of passion. Kind mm-hmm. of. Like it, <laughs> or involuntary manslaughter. It's mm-hmm. like it was an accident, but the person died, so you know. My bad. Does it we show? We gotta do something. <laughs> I was gonna say, does it show in the record if he was originally charged with first and it got pled down to second, or is it just straight across second? It looks like it was that he, they brought the, the second degree charges against him that they didn't push for first degree. Okay. Maybe they didn't have enough evidence to do that. Mm-hmm. Does it list mm. the names of the victims? It it does. It has like the the three cop police officers' names who died, uh-huh. and then it has um, the other information. It does have some names of like what you would guess maybe are children from the neighborhood, but there's only there's only the five names, so it's probably who they could prove that they had died. I was, so I, was, I was about to ask, what all information do we find on children kidnappings? Like, did the children found when the police raided? Were the children alive? You don't really find any more about that. It, almost you would guess, especially Benjamin, because like you noticed that some things look kind of funny about the file. Maybe somebody has made sure that certain documents have disappeared. Hmm. You know, they said they didn't know where the wife and the children went to this home. And it's looking more and more like we may have found exactly where they went. Mm. Yeah, do we see the name Macario in for either no, of those two? You don't okay. because you you remember that the Macarios apparently took up residence in the house in 1917. So the church when closed you... the church okay. closed 5 years before the Macarios moved into the property. Okay. Wait, they moved in 1917? The Macarios mm-hmm. did, yes. At the same time that someone escaped from prison. Yes. Mm. Mm. As I flipped through my notes that I wrote down, that were actually helpful. Yes. Mm. I was going to say, so many notes. <laughs> I never do this. This is great. It's uh, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we got we got at least a theory, but I think that's as much as we can get without going to the house itself. You know, it looks like that is going to be our final place to find the answers. and I do feel a little more prepared going in, but I don't know that I feel prepared. That's not usual for me. I I gotta ask. Any of you comfortable with getting into a tussle? This priest fella looks like he's up to no good if he's there. My my fighting may be stage, but uh, it all works in theory. Um, it's the twenties. It, it would be super obvious on him. He wouldn't hide it. He's got like a, a three. Five up uh, three five seven magnum revolver 
uh, holster underneath his trench coat, but it's it's visible. He doesn't button up his trench coat. A whole Dick Tracy vibe going on. Oh yeah, he's very Dick Tracy. We'll say his oh, we'll say his his fedora and his trench coat are yellow with like stripes. Nice. Yes. Very good. Yeah, well I envisioned this whole thing in black and white, like the old noir films, but that was just my yep. my imagination. Colors always popped. Somehow his handmade uh cigarettes are always he always has one and it's always somehow at the same spot every time. It never goes down. <laughs> See me, I was going back and forth between the black and white and the old um now I'm really showing my age here. There was an old TV show called Night Stalker. I love that show. Night Stalker's great. <laughs> and that's what I keep envisioning him as in Night Stalker, and he's wrapped up in all this crazy weirdness of Call of Cthulhu happening going mm-hmm. on. Yes. Most sure. of his pockets are probably filled with stuff for the cigarettes, including matches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shall Absolutely. we make our way to the newspaper office now that we've spent Absolutely. a little time here and before they close for a walk or absolutely taxi ride. oh i think we should wait until your friend comes back and as you say that the door opens and kim strolls in with a piping hot cup of coffee and a cigarette ha huh. still here i see we're just about on our way out but uh we wanted to make sure that we Got to say our goodbyes before we headed out, Kim. Well, I'm so glad that you stayed. But let me and know if there's anything I can pick up for you. You know, you were so sweet. And I reach over and open up my pocketbook. And I've wrapped up in a napkin one of the muffins from Katie's shop. And I set it over on her desk. And I said, oh, we brought this for you. It's fresh. It's still warm from the oven. You were too sweet to let us, you know... Take your time this is, way. Is that is that a Katie's muffin that you just brought me? That is a Katie's muffin uh, just I, for you. I only get to go there like once every other week, but uh, thank you so much. See, that's why we brought it to you. You enjoy. I think instead of a business card, Benjamin has like really homemade. Um, I don't know if you guys knew about this. I think this is like 60s, 70s and beforehand. But matches were a great way of showing advertisement. Mm-hmm. So he's got like like Walker PI on the matchbook, and he leaves a matchbook there for her. Yes, that is brilliant. She gives you a wink, and she it's, slides the matchbook over and slides it into her purse. It's it's just plain white with some black text on it. It's nothing flashy. Walker, private investigator. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the name is Walker Benjamin Walker. Bye. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (sighs) Defeating the commies in the past. No, sorry. (laughs) That could could be a Call of Cthulhu adventure on its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. We have um, left the rails hardcore. Yeah, so we're (laughs) heading over to the Boston... Boston Globe, yes. Globe, yes. All right. You you leave the police station. It's now um, a little bit after maybe 5.30 as you spent your time pouring over the notes that were provided to you. Um, You sort of work your way against the rush of the afternoon foot traffic leaving the businesses and things like that. And you notice um, everyone kind of 
leaving through the lower doors of the globe, the door spinning, spinning as people come out. What do you all want to do? Now, both Coraline and Lavinia know that the, the morgue in the newspaper is down in the basement level. I mean, Lavinia is just going to walk in. Act like your own place. Yeah, like she's supposed to be here and she's going to go down to the basement unless someone stops her. Okay, so Lavinia is walking through the door. The door spins and she goes through. Is everyone going to follow Lavinia in? What are you, what are you all doing? Benjamin catches on that lead and follows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Lavinia and I had already said, if we can get around Artie and just sneak our way right in, we're done. All right. <laughs> so if you're trying to avoid Artie at the end of the day, let's do some just general stealth to sort of, if he's still in the building, <laughs> make sure that he doesn't notice you wandering about. Oh. Tripped on my shoe. Oh wow. No, 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 no. Artie, it's you. You just yeah. you show up, you just walk in and you're just like, I have arrived. So as you're walking in and going straight for the side stairs that go to the basement, Lavinia, you Go to round the corner and literally run into Artie as he's coming through the stairwell door and heading for the doors at the end of the day. You both actually sort of hit into each other. His briefcase goes across the floor and he goes, um, how many times do I have to say people need to watch where they're going? What are you doing? He looks over. He goes, where were you two today? He points at Coraline and Lavinia. Busy. Investigating. As Benjamin and Cecil sort of just blend in and sort of like disappear against the wall, like do do do. Artie, darling, you know we were investigating. Look, look here, and I reach down and there's like one muffin left. I brought you a Katie muffin on our way back, so you'd have a good little snack on your way home. I know you like those sweet treats. He he looks down at the muffin. His eyebrows go up. And I would like you to roll a charm roll. Because you are providing a snack, you can roll the black die. Could I, could I persuade instead of charm? Oh, sure. If you want to persuade, use the but use yeah. the um the die next to the green one because you'll the have an, you'll have an advantage die. Oh, persuade is a different stat. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I always so forget. he looks down at the muffin, and you see the eyebrows go up. And he kind of licks his lips and he says, takes it, picks up his briefcase and he says, well, if, uh, you know, you do, you do good work, Coraline, you do good work. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's always kind to recognize that, you know, I work hard too. And, and bringing me a muffin is, is the appropriate way to, to do, that is one of the appropriate ways to do that. Miss well, Levin that's good. You work hard. Lavinia's learning well, and we're going to, you know, do some more investigating because we've got a hot story. We may have something for you tomorrow that I think you're really, really going to like. And the whole time I'm, like, trying to gather them and walk them away, like, so toodaloo, Zotty. <laughs> he he uh, takes a, a bite of the muffin. He says, big story. Big stories are really important, you know, because if, if you know, if my star rises to paper, he swallows, he goes, then your star is going to rise, too, because... I take those that really worked hard and, and saw, you know, how things should go. I take them with me when I move up. 
And I'm I'm looking at that corner office, you know. So the more We're you right do here on your coattails, Audie. When when they go around the corner and she's like leading him out, Benjamin's doing the very stereotypical. He's on the waiting bench out there with a random newspaper that's of course going to be around here somewhere. <laughs> and that's his stone. Is it at least a Boston Globe? Of and course. Ben and Lavinia may have to have words if it was anything other than the Boston Globe. Where, where is what is Cecil doing to sort of blend into the uh, the this whole scene? Um. Oh man, I was gonna say Cecil's probably just um. It's 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 less of blending in and more of being a spectacle like it's it's like when you're so obvious that everyone's like oh okay and then just continues on so he's like like cecil just belongs with us yeah he's just like <laughs> leaning up against the wall like one foot up like yeah he's got like one foot leaning up behind the wall and it's just like got his hands in his pocket and it's, and it's just like do it for anyone that does by. he mean in a dramatic fashion oh absolutely so he's like thrown back like there's there's a good like eight inches between like his back like his back and the wall, which is so how Cecil far he is a Dapper Dan advertisement. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know? he absolutely is, and everyone's like, I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Excellent. It's so the end of my work day, and I'm out of here. So <laughs> Cecil and Benjamin over the top of his paper watch as Coraline leads Artie past. Artie with trailing crumbs from his muffin behind him, but biting into it. And you can see uh, he is like shoulders back now, like head in the air, like bragging about moving to the top. This is, he, he seems to be in his glory to brag about this as he strolls past. And you get him to the door, the rotating revolving door. And he says, so big story tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like big story. That's right. We're going to do our very best for you. Right and early. You you rest easy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I expect you on my desk tomorrow. Okay. And he kind of goes into the door. He sort of muscles past somebody coming from the other way. And you see him go into the door. And they speed up walking as they go in behind him. So he misses going out the first time. And they force <laughs> him to make a second loop. And you can just see him get red-faced as they do that. And you watch his eyes just... As he follows them out and you hear him muffled through the glass of the door yelling after the person that did that to him and sort of following them up the road yelling with his finger wagging admonishingly as he disappears from sight. I do declare that man is exhausting. Go. So let's get going, y'all, shall we? After you? I think the man needs to lay off the muffins. I think that man needs to lay off a lot of things, and it's not muffins. Sorry, I'm just imagining. It keeps that mouth muffled. (laughs) It keeps that mouth muffled. I bring him the best damn stories, and I don't get any acknowledgement. You kiss ass with a muffin, and you get all the acknowledgement. No, that's why I told him that you're doing just wonderful things, and and here's the thing. Next time you bring the damn muffin and stuff it in his face, and we'll see what happens, okay? I was... Picking myself up off the ground. Now, now, ladies. I know. Let's He's keep so... the mission in task. Where the heck is right. the morgue at? 
you're right, you're right. We shouldn't let this man come between us. He's evil and hurtful. Let's move along. You're an excellent reporter and do great work, and he should recognize it. Okay, let's go. Okay. Coraline and Lavinia lead the way to a side door that descends down, down, downstairs into the basement levels of the Boston Globe. Uh, as you descend down, you hear in the distance the boilers kicking on. And you notice, like, it is warmer down here. Like, this, these boilers are large, massive, and they just heat up this whole floor when they go on. And they're rumbling in the background as you walk. And you quickly head down to the end of this hallway. And just before the boiler room door is this little door kind of recessed in the wall. There's actually a desk that sits out alongside it. But currently, no one is sitting there. Both Coraline and Lavinia know that during the regular workday, a woman named Ruth occupies the desk. And she sort of controls access to the morgue for Artie. But currently she is not here. It appears she has left for the day. And the door is currently closed. There is a, a keyhole in the door. And you know that Ruth and Artie keep keys to the door. So it appears like it is locked. Have we ever happened to notice where she gets her keys to and from? Like where she stores them or... Roll me a luck check. Both Ooh. you and Lavinia can roll a luck check. Okay. Okay, okay. Green. Oh, fuck. Oh. You are not sure where she keeps the key. Well, it's got to be around here somewhere unless she takes the blasted thing home. Well, uh... As you guys good. search for the keys, Benjamin uh, pulls out from the inner pocket of his trench coat his lockpicking kit. Mm -hmm. So oh. those looking for keys can roll a spot hidden check. Though Those picking locks can roll the locksmith check. Boy, well, I'll take my heart. Oh, Ooh. Cecil, I was gonna say, Cecil's just sitting there looking pretty. Oh, wow! <laughs> oh, wow. Never mind. The door is open faster than we can find the keys. Yep, right so as you pop the door, look, he has the keys. He oh. pulls Pirates of the Caribbean, he doesn't even unlock you, just like just puts it in the right weight balance and just yeah. takes the door off. Leverage you turn around, and and Ben is Benjamin is holding the door. Like, where do I put this? I just put it next, right next to it. Like butter. Coraline just holds a key in her hand, like... <sighs> Might need that for later. Uh, this is true. I reach down into my pocketbook and pull out a little wax block. You know, I've learned it's always handy to keep one of these around, Lavinia. And I press the key down into the little wax thing so that I've now got a print. And then I put the key back to where we got it from. That, that you never know when you might need that. And then I drop it back down into the purse. You'd make a good investigator. Well, funny you say that. You know, journalists and investigators, we do a lot of the same work. That I've noticed, shall we? Let's. Okay. So you step into this room. It is very warm in here as this room sits directly next to the boiler room. You can see that it is filled with filing cabinets and and those have stacks of old newspapers on top of them and other assorted junk is in here too it smells rather musty and you can hear the boiler sort of kick on and rumble and run for a little bit and then it shuts back down both Coraline and lavinia know that if you're looking for information about a residence or some kind of building in town they keep that information filed by street address so it takes a little time with searching, but with all of you working together, you quickly find the filing cabinet 
with the information for the Corbett House's address inside. Um, I want to find both the neighbors as well, like the whole street to take a look at. Okay. Benjamin's fanning his face with his fedora hat, and he says, I think they should be calling this place the oven. Well, you wouldn't be far from wrong. It's a good thing we've got Lavinia with us. She finds the information so quickly so we can get out of this heat box. Couldn't agree with you more. Could deal with an ice-cold Coca-Cola about right now. (laughs) Just looks at camera, sponsor. Mm -hmm. um... (laughs) Okay. The soda fountain is always fun. Yes. All right, so you all look through, and you find the correct filing cabinet, and you find a folder inside underneath the Corbett house address. It appears to be an unpublished story from 1918 that never, it never went to print. It was subsequently filed away and put down here at some point afterward. And the story talks about in 1880, a family of French immigrants moving into the house. But apparently they fled after a series of violent accidents that left both of the parents dead and the three children had to be hospitalized because they were so badly injured. Oh my word. After that, so that was 1880 and Corbett died in 1866. So it stood empty for about 14 years before this family moved in. Mm -hmm. Could, Could you repeat some of that? Uh, yeah. So in 1880, a French, a family of French immigrants moved into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, the family left after the parents were killed in violent accidents and the children were hurt so badly they had to be hospitalized. Any date on that? Um, well, that so that was shortly after they moved in. So it was probably okay. before 1881. They didn't stay long at all. Then there, there's notes that the house was vacant for the next 18 years or so. In 1909, another family finally moved into the property. They immediately fell ill. And they died. Hmm. In 1914, a new family had moved in. The eldest brother in the family apparently went crazy and took his own life with a kitchen knife and the family moved out shortly thereafter. And then there's a note that in 1918, a third family had been living in the house. They rented it rather than bought it. They left almost immediately under mysterious circumstances. And the name of that family is the Macarios. And that was, what was the year? So that was uh, the end of 1917 and into 1918. Okay. What you do notice when you're looking around here, you notice that all of the records here only go back maybe as far as 1878. You can't find anything before that. So you can't find anything about Corbett or because it seems like it seems like there's nothing here. Like if you look at other records, everything stops around 1878. There's nothing back beyond that. Could you could you read that 1917 third family one again so the third family the macarios 
the the family that you heard about, which were the last ones to live there, they rented the house for a very short time and apparently left under mysterious circumstances. What was the one in between the family that fell ill and died and the Macarios? The oldest brother the, yep, um, went the, crazy, suicided. Yep. And the family moved out after that happened. 1914. Man, it's the most note I've taken since high school. <laughs> hey, you know? I like it. I wouldn't have said that then, but whatever. I know, right? So after searching around, this, this folder, this unpublished story, is the only information in here in regards to that house. Hmm. While, while we're snooping around here, looking at the, since it's sorted by street address, uh, mm -hmm. the folders would be right next to it. I'm looking at the neighbors and stuff. Anything suspicious going on with the neighbors during um, that era after 1870 something? Roll me a library use check to see if you what you find out about the neighbors. Okay. I keep going to language for some reason. The library. There we go. Excellent. So you oh, wow. you start looking at the surrounding addresses, mm -hmm. and you don't come up with anything interesting uh, until you come across an address, and as you sort of just flip to see, like, oh, here's a. It's a pull it out you open it up it's a brief sort of first paragraph of a story about the raid on the church okay but it looks like it was completely incomplete and was filed away and nobody ever finished writing this and you look at the address and you realize that the church where the raid took place is only a couple of blocks from the Corbett house itself based on this documentation, or at least it was before it closed, but the property's still in that location. Hmm. Story's getting deep, deeper and deeper here. Hmm. So apparently that church wasn't too far away as I point that out to everybody else. Hmm. Just a wee bit suspicious. But is it still a church now? Is it something else? Do we know? I'm not familiar with that particular area. We could, could see on our way. we could see on our way to the house. Hmm? Especially if it's abandoned, we uh may want to wait till nightfall. Well, you know, we could oh. always walk by on the way, scout things out, see what we see, be prepared for the night. We have keys to the place. You not were like giving we're keys the, to the house. We're not breaking and entering. Well, we have keys for the house, but not for this church. Well, true. But I thought one of you said that it, the lots around the house have been bought up and have been turned into businesses. Why couldn't the church have? will fall in the same fate. Uh, Benjamin and Cecil, you did not find any records of that property's address in the various deeds that were resold. Uh, just abandoned. Th those were just the neighbor, the 
close by buildings, not the ones down the block. This one's down the by the block. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, we can look into it then. Maybe a little bit before we head to the house. On our way? On our way. Speaking of which, let's get out of this oven. Right behind you. (laughs) By the way, he's had a lit cigarette in here the whole time. (laughs) Probably the most dangerous thing you could ever do. But appropriate for the time period. I mean, that's still back when, you know, in hospitals, you know. Mm -hmm. When we were in that basement in the police department, I was smoking. I'm sure everybody else in there was smoking, too. It's whatever. Yeah. Does Benjamin put the door back? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just want to know what Ruth's reaction is in the morning if it's not back. Yeah, he's like, uh about that. (laughs) So you head out, kind of, you know, you've been down here a little bit. You definitely like as you walk back up the stairs, the temperature cools. It's ah, nice. As you get upstairs, uh, the hustle and bustle of the exiting workers for the day has died down almost completely. There's a receptionist at the desk who does a quick double take and then waves at Lavinia and Coraline, recognizing both of you. Oh, uh, definitely at this point, Benjamin has taken his trench coat off and he has it over his shoulder. Excellent. So yeah. you make your way back across the lobby, back to the spinning door. And out into the crisp evening air of the Boston city streets. You know, I can't help but just smile going through these things. It always feels like you're just fighting the world and going against the spin of things. She goes through the door and just... I mean, I smile because I think about all the, the men, all the men who are upset that you and I have jobs here doing what we're doing. See, spinning against the ways of the world. You're thinking right already, girl. What's your guys' credit rating again? Are they? No, because Lavinia's they. I apologize. No, Lavinia is she. I am, okay. I am they. Um, okay. My credit rating is 50 because I'm cool like that. Um, oh, no, it's 40. I lied. Yeah. At one point, it was 50. I'm 34. I'm average and reasonably comfortable. Okay. It's pretty obvious on Benjamin Walker that he is poorer than both of you. (laughs) So, Benjamin, you need to have some dinner with us tonight. It's our treat because you've been such a good deal. No, no, it's it's all right. Well, we'll meet back at uh, that coffee shop in the morning. Well, we've still got to walk by this place, right? And there are various establishments and you do smell, you know, the food coming out of them. And, uh, you know, you can get a decent, a decent chicken dinner for around $2 and 50 cents. It's pretty good stuff. I think what Lavinia is going to do, she's going to link arms with Ben and take him to get a chicken dinner. And I suppose if Cecil wants to lock arms on the other side, he's more than welcome to come as well. You go to lock arms with him and he like reactively tries to get out of it. Ooh, do we want want to roll a a dexterity roll to see who gets the arm locked or not? Maybe not Kung Fu, not the right era for that, but he's definitely like trying to get out of it. What is this one? Roll roll a dexterity roll, Ben. Dexterity. Four. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> so, nice. so you can try to wiggle away you try and Lavinia 
gets you like right in the arm, hooks it around, and you're surprised at the speed and just. He raises his eyebrows up at you and he says, "No, it's all right. I got food at home." We'll save that for another night. And then just like a thought bubble to him, and it just shows like his plans for the night, and he has like a bottle of rum, and he's just oh. passed out on the desk. He he keeps it hidden in the office in a secret compartment during of, prohibition. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, but we can't. he doesn't say any of that. That's just like, Lavinia and I absolutely need some dinner dates. So just quit your fussing and Cecil and Benjamin, y'all just come right along. <sighs> he sighs, but he goes. <laughs> Don't mind if we do. <laughs> you easily locate uh, a nice restaurant. You know that you can get a you can get a, a regular dinner, like a, just a regular decent dinner for about a buck twenty five. But this place has a really nice chicken dinner for about $2.50 a person that is to die for. Benjamin's being that conservative penny pincher, and he gets the cheapest thing in the menu. Nope. Cecil does the same. Nope. Like it, if they have appetizers, he only gets an appetizer. Nope, nope. And a glass of water. Lavinia will order for everyone. And Coca-Cola and is five cents a bottle. She gets everybody a bottle of Coke and the nice chicken dinner. See? Only the best thirst quencher. Ding. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Many thanks, Lavinia. Mm -mm -mm. Some of that liquid 0.5% cocaine. Mm. <laughs> it's the good it's stuff. It's true for this time period. Um... That might not be statistically accurate, but close enough. Because Cecil just like looks in his little in his wallet, and it's like the equivalent of a moth flying out. And he's just like, Cecil has nine dollars to his name for the record. Well, you know, by the way, this is a good time to take home? care of this. And I pull out the twenty-five dollars, and while I went by the card, I got it split up. So here we go, and I divvy out the funds. Splitting the twenty-five dollars between like the four of us. Cecil, Cecil, your your personal wealth goes up by fifty, like, whoa, one hundred and fifty percent more. Like, ah. you're, like <laughs> you're like you're like Zoidberg. Hooray <laughs> for me! I figured you know, this way, if we get separated or something like that, you know, everybody's got something to handle whatever may arise. All right. Wait, is it twenty five a piece or twenty five total? They gave he, you were given twenty five dollars to as like a here's oh, your initial six dollars and twenty five cents. Okay. Yes. Oh, I better write that down. I'm sure it's going to be important. Mm. <laughs> there we go. Never know. You may need that six dollar flashlight. <laughs> mm -hmm. You just never know. Six dollar so, flashlight. I don't know. It was the first thing that came to mind. Let's see, a flashlight. Okay. I, I just want to make sure I heard that right. It was flashlight. Okay. Yeah, so, it was flashlight. So an, an electric torch would cost you $2.40. The batteries would cost you $0.60. Cents. So for $3, you can get an we electric torch. We have a torch. flashlight that will reach Mars. You know? Now you could buy a pen light for a dollar. See, now a, you're just getting fancy. Or a flare for $0.27. Cents. Benjamin spent all his money have... on the matches and branding them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know I can't have. You just have like a, an entire party. Like if I can't, if my trench coat catches on fire, we're dead, or at least Benjamin's very dead. It's just like you've got an entire interior pocket of just matches. This is like 
<laughs> just this pile of matches. Probably it's got so like flammable. a pound of. I probably have like a, to- a pound total of thermite on me. Gosh. Yes. He's the, he is the legitimate burning man waiting to be. <laughs> Bad time to take a drink. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, you have a an excellent dinner, uh, and the chicken is just to die for. The there's like you know green beans on the side with a roasted potato, all the fixins. It is it is an excellent meal. You know, this isn't quite like back home, but I declare they do it mighty well right up here. It, it is my, it's my treat. So the bill, when the bill comes out, it is for um, $10.20 for the, the, the meals and the Coca-Colas. I'm, I'm, I have a credit rating of 40. It's presumable I have other ready cash on mm-hmm. here, right? It is indeed. Okay. Well, then I will take my friend, my uncle, uncle's money, or my maybe my cousin. It's probably my cousin. Thinking <laughs> ages, considering his dad was probably old. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will take the money he forwarded us and then the rest of the cash out of my own money. Excellent. Here, Lavinia. That was my sweet of you. I'll take care of the tip. And I'll toss out some as well towards that. Benjamin is pretty quiet for most of the dinner. And after you go to pay the bill and stuff, two crumpled $1 bills go your way. No, no, no. As for you two, you are our guests. We told you we needed dinner dates and you obliged. This is our treat. I can pay for my own meal. Well, so can a lady, but you know, the men still insist on paying. This time it's us paying for you. (laughs) I was going to say, Cecil just like puts his hand on Benjamin's shoulder and is like, just let him do it. <laughs> he is not a fan of it, but he doesn't. He doesn't argue. You this, will not win. There's a man ahead of his That's time. Listen to him. Ben isn't. Ben, Ben, <laughs> I, I appreciate your gentlemanly nature that you want to pay for the meal. I, I, I appreciate it, but this is our treat. Or, or maybe, maybe like this is like the whole conversation of the dinner, even before like the. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the table chatter, you know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 okay. No, it's I'll pay. Early, it's early women's rights, you know. That was the time that they started campaigning for equalities and so yeah. forth. So that that could very much be our dinner conversation. I like it. Women journalists at the Boston Globe, after all. We ain't just <laughs> small-time journalists, there, Ben. We can we can handle this for you. So as you finish up dinner, and it's now probably closer to 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, Cecil is yawning <laughs> as you exit the restaurant. What is everyone doing this evening? Well, he's going to go back to the dinner plans he had before. Okay. No. <laughs> so, so, wait, were we going dr- to at least like hook by the, uh, the address of the old chapel of oh. contemplations i was thinking we were going to do that tomorrow on our way to the oh tomorrow on our way okay oh no if Cecil's open i'd absolutely say let's stroll by tonight if we want to wait we can but i i just don't see Coraline being willing to wait when there's something just right there especially if it may be abandoned it may be easier to uh 
get into it at night. And this is children harmed and with her upbringing or lack thereof, she's not going to be too fond of anybody doing harm to kids. She's going to want to get to the bottom of this. So we're just dragging Benjamin along, I see. <laughs> we're just like, nope. Are you sure? It's been a long day. No oh, one, no one functions right without some rest. The night is young yet. See, the moon's not even over the horizon good. I was going to suggest you come out dancing with us, but I get it. Oh, you're, no, you're I'm, a not, I'm, not a, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I see we can compromise then. Excitement of our own. Or I say we go and at least take a walk around the block that we presume this church is on and pretend like, I don't know, like we're taking a stroll. Sounds like a plan to me. Cecil, I feel like you're game for anything a lady suggests. He just holds out his arm. He's like, can't rejoin. I, I think uh, Lavinia will lock arms with Cecil. So they're just on the way. So as well, our intrepid... You and I. <laughs> as, as our intrepid adventurers uh, or investigators leave dinner and head for the neighborhood to sort of do a walk around, I think we'll take a quick... Maybe 10 minutes. We're going to say goodnight. Thank you, everyone who watches and who watches later on. And eventually this will go up on podcast form, too, because why not? We like podcasts. Um, so everyone podcasts take care. Podcasts are fun. They are fun. And thank you all again. I had such a good time. Thank you for joining us for our Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures.